And if you truly walk side by side with that audience and you provide them resources along the way and you ensure that they understand that you're there to help and you start to build that trust with them, that's when, you know, when that day does come and maybe I'm ready to call or maybe I'm ready to call on behalf of a loved one, that's when I call you versus, you know, just a random treatment center that I, that I find on Google. Welcome to the Treatment Marketing Podcast, where we share what's really working to generate admissions consistently and ethically so you can help more people escape addiction. If you're ready to grow your census, let's get started. So I'm here with Sandra Nikolic of Foundations Recovery Network. Sandra, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we press record, we were talking about the situation at Foundations, and I think it's a great place to start. I want to make sure that I have the story correct. So I reached out initially because our mutual friend, Nick, who runs Circle Social, recommended I speak to you. And of course, one of the things that Nick and I often discuss is this idea of quality versus quantity when it comes to treatment marketing. So he had mentioned something about the idea that even as, and it's sort of this cliche, you know, call volume, as it's called, was was decreasing across the treatment field. You guys at Foundations were actually increasing your quality and your admissions. And when we were speaking a little bit before the call, you were mentioning that was a collaborative effort and it wasn't you alone that, that spearheaded it. But I wondered if you could tell me what you're comfortable telling me about that, because obviously I'm super curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't just me. It was definitely a collaborative effort. And I think the entire company you know, made an effort to kind of think on our feet and try to try to change our, our strategy and our approach to marketing our services. And so so maybe maybe a good place to start is what were you guys doing before? You know, if we, if we go back a year, two years, what what was kind of the old way of of doing things before this 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 change kind of came about? Sure. So the old way was very much an instant gratification way. I think that our marketing tactics across the across the industry really relied heavily on uh, PPC campaigns and just you know having some a cold lead kind of convert on a piece of advertising. Yeah, and so we kind of thought about all the channels that we have at our disposal, all the channels we have, and how we can all work together and use a multi-channel approach to reach people who need help. Yeah. So that's great. And, you know, of course, we know and many of the listeners will know what were kind of the macro events that precipitated the change. But I'm curious to know, from your perspective, what were some of the first clues that that kind of instant gratification approach needed to change? Well, I think one of the most jarring changes for the for the industry was the AdWords uh, suspension for, uh, with Google. So when that happened, I think, I think everybody thought that because they were, they had admissions and once that went away, we all had to kind of think 
on our feet and think creatively because the calls weren't there, you know, but we knew that the people were there, the people who needed our help were there. And so change and a huge shift in our industry. And, you know, I'm proud to say that Foundations Recovery Network was one uh, was part of that inaugural group of organizations that did receive the legit script certification. You know, I think that's a good thing, but it it also doesn't mean that just because you know we're legit script certified or another organization's legit script certified that that's enough. Yeah, you know, relying so heavily on one in one approach just doesn't work anymore. Right. So, um, to the degree you're able, I'm wondering if you can kind of take me inside that that meeting because i know like when the adwords ban came down i mean i remember the exact date it was september 17th uh 2017 like 9 17 right i i had a number of calls that that week and of course it seemed like across the industry everybody was in a panic you know we sort of pivoted to facebook to try to be this maybe in retrospect band-aid solution and you know, I know from speaking to Nick and from our conversations that you guys took a, a more comprehensive approach. So what was it like <laughs> being there that week? And what were what were the things that you guys were able to latch on to to pull you through it? Uh, sure. So thankfully, I didn't have to be in the, all those meetings, but I do remember the vibe and the vibe was very high energy. And I mean, we had to, we had to act quickly and, yeah. you know, we had to make sure that the, that the people who needed to know this information knew this information and understood what the certification meant and, you know, why we were asking for so much information. And yeah, I think we did a good job of communicating that within our department and having everybody on the same page with that. That was definitely the vibe. I think what resulted was, wow, okay, this is, this is something that's happening and we have to act, we have to react, but we also have to look to the future. So what is this going to mean for for our industry. So what does, what does something like a regulation do to, to our industry and what does it do to our marketing tactics? And so we started to look at our facilities more on an individual basis. And so identifying, you know, who the target audiences are in particular for those facilities and uh, understanding that not, it's not a one size fits all and we can't target, you know, the whole country. We have to target the people who, you know, can come to our facilities that would benefit from the treatment that we provide that would also um, identify with uh, the brand in a sense. So, you know, understanding that if, if somebody is a professional licensure and ensuring that they don't, that they keep their license as let's say a registered nurse, that they understand that Talbot recovery in Georgia is a good option because we have the tools to, to assist with that there um, and not necessarily targeting somebody like that for another facility that doesn't make sense for them. So becoming highly targeted in our efforts is really what resulted in post post legit script. Yeah. It sounds like, and, and we can get into this in a little bit, but you guys really quickly were able to pivot to sort of a number one, a broader branding approach in terms of, meeting people where they were rather than just expecting someone to click on an AdWords ad, but also you were able to maybe save some marketing costs by drilling down and getting really specific about who your audience was. And, and again, like part of the legit script thing 
it was sort of serendipitous for you guys because you were able to be really segmented with your facilities and decide like who was a good fit for what. Uh, what I'm curious to hear about is I think we've both seen a lot of players in the industry who didn't make it through as well as you guys did. There were obviously a lot of people panicking. There were a lot of folks who sort of clung to the idea that, that once AdWords was back, albeit with a legit script certification, that that was going to be the saving grace. Essentially folks who, who were, were hoping that, you know, the band-aids would continue and quite frankly, a, a lot of whom are out of business now. What do you think in terms of you all's approach and so your ethos puts you in a better position to not only survive, but thrive in through the changes? You know, I think that we have been doing our best to, to pivot and be nimble and really take into consideration what our facilities are saying to us and also Scanning our industry and by any means, and we're still uh, trying to figure out what makes the most sense uh, for our individual facilities. But I think that we're taking a, a ch- uh, maybe a chapter out of the book of business development, in that you know we're more than ever we're more open to working with business development and supporting their efforts. Where like you know when you look back at just any other industry, really marketing's job essentially is to support business development. And so that is, I think that's a huge shift for us and try pretty much treating business development as another marketing channel. That's definitely a huge shift for us. And like I said earlier, focusing on what we can do and identifying what the niche is for a a facility or for a region or, you know, based on the, the things that we have that we have control over, you know, things that we don't have control over, it's useless to cast such a wide net when it's, you know, at the end of the day, we have a pretty narrow, I think it's a good thing that we have a pretty narrow view on who we can serve, where we can serve, um, and what some of the barriers are. But yeah, I think, I think the business development piece is a huge opportunity for treatment centers. Yeah. And maybe now's a good time to talk about branding as well. So obviously one of the, the trends in the field that, that I've railed against a lot is this idea of these lead companies that are going to, to sell calls from these sort of aggregator websites. And one thing that we've, we've really leaned into is the idea that a branded approach where people form a relationship with one particular provider from the beginning. And then if, and when it's time for them to make a decision to seek treatment, that's who they end up trusting. And now of course, with both the legit script certification and also quite frankly, some of the, some of the bills that look like they might be coming down the the pike in terms of regulations, it's seeming to me that, a lot of the non-branded things are going to go away, if not by law, by, by policy. I'm wondering from you, why is a branded approach so important to you guys? Well, a branded approach is huge because it is your opportunity to connect um, authentically with someone who is seeking help or seeking help for a loved one. So, you know, that first moment that you interact with, um, with us, 
is not meant to be a hard sell. It's meant to be an awareness builder. It's meant to be a resource. It's meant to be just knowing it's meant to be comfort and hope and knowing that you, that there are options out there, that treatment is out there. But then along, along the way, we start educating our audience on, you know, the treatment that we do provide and other, other facts and figures and things that they find and helpful because along that, along the way, along that path, you want to be providing people with resources because, you know, it's not going to be today that off of an ad that you call us. Sure. Maybe that happens, but that's not expected. So if you're in it for the long haul, and if you truly walk side by side with that audience and you provide them resources along the way, and you ensure that they understand that you're there to help and you start to build that trust with them, that's when, you know, when that day does come and maybe I'm ready to call or maybe I'm ready to call on behalf of a loved one, that's when I call you versus, you know, just a random treatment center that I, that I find on Google. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm wondering how specific uh, you're willing to get. So, so just for example, one thing I've talked about is we, we probably don't go as deep as you guys do. But one thing that, that we think about with our clients is that their first encounter with the center should probably be with something that they engage with that helps them. So re- as you say, rather than a hard sell, maybe some some bit of information that they're seeking, maybe some reassurance with something they're afraid of. And then farther down the line, oh, by the way, we have this available for you if and when you're ready to seek treatment. I wonder if you have an example you're comfortable sharing about one of those sort of first impression types of things uh, that you're proud of. We have a resource that our web team actually came up with. And it was, uh, it started out as a Facebook ad, I believe. And then it, when you clicked, it went to a quiz. And so you could identify, you know, whether you're, first of all, whether you're taking the quiz on behalf of yourself or a loved one. And then it's just, you know, information about, or little facts about, you know, yeah, I drove with, uh, with my children in the, in the vaccine. I was under the influence at least once in the last, you know, how, whatever that period of time was. Uh, and it was just kind of like a, a checkbox list. And then at the end, of course, we have our contact information and our uh, and some resources. But that uh, that campaign, if you will, that was really about helping guys, right? To maybe they were just curious, like, well, do I do I have a problem? Is there something that I should be looking into? And is this something that that I need help for? And chances are that if you click on it and you're and you're engaging with this tool that that's someone who's further along in, in the funnel, if you want to call it that, than, than someone who is, you know, further, further up in it. That was a really cool resource that was provided. And yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, it's, it, it's sometimes it can be easy to talk yourself out of believing that you have a problem, but I imagine just the act of checking a box that says I've driven under the influence with my kids in the car, that, that's gotta, that's gotta send a pretty powerful message. I could, I could definitely picture that working and, and it's all for the yeah. better, you know, like if someone reaches out to you guys, instead of driving trunk with their kids again, then you're saving lives. 
Right. And, you know, you walk this fine line too of, you know, using your creative not to diagnose someone, right? Because we can't diagnose someone using a tool like this. We have an ad that's out there and it takes people to this resource that, you know, everybody who is kind of monitoring or managing the social media, let's say, that they know that increased activity and increase in, in, you know, having ads out there and opening yourself up to that means that you're going to have more comments. You're going to have more inbox messages. You're going to have, you know, those are all things that are great and they, they help with engagement and getting people to interact with you, but you also have to be prepared on the back end and kind of behind the scenes to, to address any inquiries. Yeah. Well, since you opened up that line of thought, that's something I'm also interested in because it's funny when we run ads, there's very often a lot of positive engagement and that's really encouraging, but there's almost a reciprocal amount of negative engagement. And one way we see it is with this metric in Facebook called complaints. So on, you know, below an ad, we'll have a bunch of, a bunch of comments about, you know, people sharing it with their friends or saying like, yeah, this resonates with me. And that's gratifying because you know, you've written something that resonates, but I imagine there's also the, the counter effect where for some folks, they didn't set out to look at a, at a part of themselves that made them uncomfortable and you made them do that. Uh, so, so to that end, and, and, and given that we, we approached this topic, how do you guys deal with uh, the negativity? What's, what's the sort of mindset approach to that? And, and how do you turn a negative into a positive? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, you know, it, there are some realities that we don't want to face. And so if you strike a nerve with someone, you're, you're inviting them to, to have that negative conversation with you, but we're very proud of the, of the way that we handle, I guess you'll call it a negative press, I guess, just because, you never know what, what the mindset is of somebody who is, you know, maybe bashing, bashing a facility or bas- bashing treatment. Um, so it's, it's something, I don't want to say that we welcome it, but we do handle it well. And I think that number one is just allowing someone to express how they feel and then offering either a resource. So again, it's instilling trust, responding uh, publicly because we want other people who then are exposed to this ad or post to see that we handle these things and that we care and that we're not shy. We're not going to back down from, I guess you could say protecting our brand, but really it's, it's about making sure that people aren't afraid to get help because it's easy to look at all the comments on a post. And if most of them are negative and if, the organization that owns the page hasn't responded to a single one, well, that's going to make me feel a certain way, right? Right. If I see that there were there was one negative comment and the organization has responded, there's a pretty good chance that no one else will comment on that post with negative commentary because they know that you're going to respond. Yeah. It's sort of like you're, you're not insecure about it. It's like, um, we're happy to have a discussion about anything because there are no, there's nothing we're hiding from sort of like you, you guys are, are secure in everything you do. So I, I wanted to pivot a little bit. I know we started right in the middle of the story, but 
I didn't want to neglect hearing a little bit about your background um, and how you got into doing what you're doing now. So, yeah, just curious, how did you first get into marketing and what initially attracted you to the treatment field? Okay, um, this is going to be a weird story, but my first uh, marketing job in healthcare, uh, actually, my first marketing job was in healthcare, but I did marketing for pharmaceutical packaging. So, not pharmaceuticals, but the packaging that the pharmaceuticals go into. Oh, wow. So that I think was just, that was a huge wake up call. Like you have to think strategically, you have to think creatively, and how are you going to do that in marketing packaging? So I think that really set me up for real critical thinking. And then from there, I got into social media marketing and I was actually over a few inpatient psychiatric facilities. And so that was, it was at a point when, you know, policies didn't exist yet. And so I kind of had to build that from the ground up. And that's when I really developed an appreciation for the behavioral health side of things and social media. I think it's easy to, to look at it as this, this beast that is ruining society. But when you're one-on-one with someone who is you know, telling you that they're suicidal and they think that they can just send something to a facility Facebook page, that's like, okay, that's desperation. That's a cry out for help. And how do you handle that? And so that really set me up for what I'm doing now, which is branding social media and PR for Foundations Recovery Network. And I always was interested in the substance use disorder side of things. And one of the facilities that I worked for when I was working for the inpatient psychiatric facilities uh, had a co-occurring disorders program. And so I understood a little bit about that. And then when the foundation's recovery network uh, position was open, I said, you know, no brainer. I think that it's just something that I really identify with. And uh, I think we've all been touched by either losing someone or, ourselves have been exposed to what this crisis is in our, in our country. And that's really what has inspired me to continue in this field, even though it's been so transformative in this last year alone, but it, that's definitely what powers me and what, what keeps me motivated. I see so much potential in this field. Yeah. So you took the words right right out of my mouth. Where do you see the field going? Do you think the tumult is going to continue or do you think it's going to stabilize in a positive way or a not so positive way? Well, I think that, you know, if you don't have a plan right now for next year, so, you know, a few months before the end of the year, if you don't have a plan for January 1st, that's definitely something that you should get done now because if you don't have a plan for next year you're just you're planning to fail and i think that the there's there's so much potential and there is so much potential especially for creativity in this field more closely with business development more potential to to invest in different marketing strategies and integrate them across across channels and test things out and see what who is your audience doing a lot of kind of self-reflection and looking at who's your audience and, and cater to them, you know, don't, you don't have to, to spray and pray, you know, and just hope that your message gets to somebody who, who needs, if you know who, who your, your audience is, that's who you should target. And that's who you should focus your efforts on. 
I see things getting better, but I think that if you don't have a plan yet, that's huge. Definitely making sure that you have something to work towards in the next year. And not to say that the whole year needs to be planned out, but you know, maybe your first quarter of next year should be, should be ready to go. And then understanding that, okay, if this doesn't work, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, allowing for that contingency. Yeah, a hundred percent. So for the, the last question, I thought I'd pivot one more time uh, to this idea of ethics and I want to approach it from sort of a, uh, a different perspective, which is that, you know, we all talk about ethics a lot. And I think at, at least many of the folks I speak to have been fighting this fight to participate in this industry on the side of the scale for, for positive. And I know that foundations is doing a lot of great things. I'm curious if you could tell me what you would say to someone seeking treatment in terms of, you know, there are still a lot of unscrupulous players in the industry. What distinguishes a good treatment experience and what should somebody be looking for if they themselves are looking for treatment or if they've got a family member who needs treatment? Well, I think any time you're talking to a treatment center and they, you know, are selling what they do versus understanding what you need, that's a red flag and definitely, you know, meeting people where they're at. And if, you know, your treatment center isn't the right fit that you are still helping people and understanding that, okay, I still have a responsibility to help this person. And I don't think every, every organization does that. I think that's something that, that we're really proud of at FRN is that, you know, if you call us and we can't help you, we'll find somebody who can. And, the other piece I think that's interesting to look at is, in my opinions, and it's it's kind of a pride factor for me, but I, I, look, I like to look at what an organization does in addition to treating patients. So what are you doing in your community? What else are you, are you doing to, to help people that, that you're not necessarily serving? You know, I think one of the points of pride that we have at FRN is you know, we have conferences that we put on for, uh, for the industry and we invite competitors and whoever wants to come because we are, we want to have the same conversation. We're all in this together. You know, the other piece that we have is like our heroes in recovery movement where we're bringing people together to share stories and to celebrate recovery and to show somebody that who maybe is, you know, nervous about seeking treatment or isn't quite ready giving them hope and seeing that, okay, we have, we have stories of people who, who did it and who went through something similar to you and, you know, things like that, those types of programs and those types of initiatives, you know, those don't put a a patient in our care. They're just the right thing to do. They're the right thing to do for, for the industry. They're the right thing to do for our staff. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, it's sort of the idea that by making the industry as a whole better and by doing things in in a global way to be a helpful resource for people seeking treatment, that eventually everybody who's who's in it for the right reasons uh, will succeed. Yeah, I love that. 
Anyway, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Where should people reach you if they're interested in reading more about what you do or, or just seeking you out? LinkedIn is probably the best place. I'm very active on there. So uh, feel free to reach out to me. My full name is Alexandra and last name is Nikolic. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. It's been great speaking with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Treatment Marketing Podcast. To get show notes for everything we mentioned in this episode, plus free marketing resources, go to admitscout.com slash podcast. Yeah, good.